in strength because of our weaknesses. And because of our weaknesses in these moments is when we find one another, when we find ourselves. So let's spend some time finding these things together in episode 7, healthy agency in our healing. Let's mold and envision this renewed foundation that is going to allow us to call out both the spaces that need our deepest agency in building a healthy society when you know these things start to roll back and return to a different pace and the new normal that we're calling out those spaces and also the spaces within ourselves too those places that require a healthy agency for our, ourselves on our own um, advocates as you know self healers too and that work of connection with spirit we really need to work in those those veins of delivering to ourselves a kindness a kind of forgiveness and acceptance for you know and even a patience about what those forms and functions look like that we find ourselves taking in these times to meaningfully manage our our values our aloha our works of love and service in these moments so let's find our work here together Aloha nui kako. Mahalo for tuning in to the Kuike Aloha podcast with me, Megan Le Aloha Ao. I'm super grateful to serve as practitioner and facilitator today with Ilima Long. Ilima was born in Hilo, raised in Washington State, and came back to Hawaii in 2003. She currently lives in Makiki with her nine-year-old daughter who attends Kekula Kayapuni o Anue Nui. She received her master's in Hawaiian studies and is currently working on her PhD in political science, looking at how Kanaka labor, organizing, and unionism as a means of confronting the territorial oligarchy in the early 1900s in Hawaii. Aloha Ilima, mahalo so much for joining today to help us deepen and broaden our awareness and you know really try to get a feel for the situation we're all in as we like decompress and try to try to build up together. Mahalo so much for your time. Um, mahalo nui for having me and aloha kako. Mahalo. Okay. So, um, you know, that's, that's just a little bit of background, but I, I wanted to go into um, just kind of knowing you and knowing how I feel just the way that you're, you as a person functions and how you work from a certain base and, we met, you know, when I was thinking about how long I was like, we met like 10 plus years ago, you know, yeah, a, a while ago, right? Crazy. And in graduate school and, um, you know, those kind of circumstances with school, it's, it's a really weird place sometimes, but it's also a place of growth. We're trying to like, con- like expand and, you know, these forms of knowledge and how we operate and try to constrict ourselves too, because we have to produce things and, you know, graduate and all of that. But for, for me and, you know, getting to know you and that relationship, you know, and I'm sure you'll never, you'll never admit to this because you always are about giving power back. But for me, you've always been a huge facilitator in life for, you know, awakening this critical consciousness and, you know, you know, growing empowerment. And that, that took so many forms, whether it's, you know, gender or cultural practice or um, like land rights or, you know, the sovereignty of our bodies and how dominant narrative uh, patriarchy kind of control these different ways that, that we see the world you know so that's that's how I know you and just always appreciate that kind of support person that you are you know and um from from that perspective that's you know that's like the the start of our relationship 
Yeah, that, that's really sweet. I'm super shame, but um, <laughs> you know, you've been a big influence on me too, as as well as your Kane. Mm. And we're just really fortunate to live in such a good community where we're always pushed to, you know, our right. higher selves right. and stuff. Yeah. No. Yeah. Totally. And you know, you and Hanali are—I've known you longer, but you and mm -hmm. Hanali are cousins, right? So there's yep. such such a beautiful kind of community, right? Yeah. Um. So you know, talking about this idea of the way that I feel like your your research, the community movements that you're a part of, you know, um, you're you're really strong behind this idea of movement building and ideas of how to build, you know, justice and solidarity between. Um, populations for these, you know, more globally supported um, hu human and, and, you know, human rights movements, right? So looking at Mauna Kea is one, it's this idea of people all rising together and fighting for access mm -hmm. to land and, you know, practitioners and spirituality. And um, at, at, in that situation, you served as media coordinator for the media team Naleo Kako'o at Uhonu Uhuluhulu. And, mm -hmm. if, you know, you had your experience as an organizer and educator, and you did a lot of program coordinating at Native Hawaiian Student Services. And I feel like the way that you, you know, how you changed the form and function of what university looked like in helping to found Puhuluhulu University, you know, where in a very land-based and culturally grounded space, you know, this idea of education is about decentering where we think those forms of knowledge can take place and recentering and giving power back to the people and you know the real movements that were be behind so mahalo for all of that <laughs> yeah yeah no i mean it's for me i guess my life obsession and mission is just yeah you know building people power and and the two things that facilitate that are education and action you know so i'm always just looking for ways to bring those two together right right no and i and that i think is the whole the whole feeling of how people become empowered, right? You go from this place of not understanding or knowing to knowing more information and then how do, what do we, you know, do from there, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, totally. So, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, you know, and for Hawaiians, like it mm -hmm. starts with um, recovering a sense of who we are, you know, yes. because yes. that's that's the, the, the function of, colonialism is to erase that from ourselves and and so that we only look to you know the dominant culture for 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 that understanding and so um you know hawaiian education especially which you're so involved in and you've totally taken up as a as a lifelong commitment as well with your lao practices and and different things is totally the first step you know like to to re regain a sense of connectedness to our ancestors, connectedness to this place, um, yeah. and, and a sense of pride in ourselves. And then we come to see the contradictions between, you know, what that is and, and what we see around us. And then hopefully that, that moves us to take action. Right. Right. And how we see ourselves in that movement, how we place ourselves yeah. With, within things. Yeah, totally. You know, and that, you know, and that brings us to more specifically, like, how do we educate and then activate those kinds of things and, and empower ourselves in right now in the time of coronavirus and, you know, COVID-19, I feel like with, you know, with that, that movement, looking at how you've built 
a, a movement in the academia and a sector of how you you operate on one side of you know organizing. Um, you're the political education chair for Academic Labor United at the University of Hawaii Manoa, and this ALU ALU is um, organizing a union group so that graduate assistants can really be a part of that conversation about you know what their employment looks mm -hmm. like and you know with COVID nineteen coming out and really affecting what education looked like and how yep. it's going to affect people who don't have the same kind of benefits, you know, as, as lecturers or teachers or, or GAs, right? So right. you're helping organize immediate relief for that part of your community by establishing this, you know, first student relief fund through them. And, um, you know, it's just, I always feel like you're such an activated person and um, it, it's going to hopefully take shape in this podcast is, mm -hmm. you know, looking at this disruption you know, and that's why I want to kind of this quote that you sent me when we were talking about this podcast, I thought, I thought, well, it was so, you know, it's almost not like a step by step, like, here's your how to, you know, yeah, but I definitely don't have know, that. Yeah, no, <laughs> right. But it's like, getting grounded and trying to find our stance within ourselves, you know, constantly reflecting out to community and back in and trying to find ways and to be educated and informed. And then finally, when we're comfortable, how do you become externally functional again, right? And so, mm -hmm. I mean, the situation is just so overwhelming, right? On so many layers and how to be like, right, come out of it. And it's just so like messed up and you can just feel like, you know, it, it literally has taken the life out of people, the breath out of people and the people, you know, who are still alive and mourning those things. And, you know, are you just, you can feel like that crushing feeling, right? And it's like, the, the issues are so layered between, you know, without the lack of food for Hawaii and all these places in particular, you know, there's this uncovering of like huge food disparities that people can't eat. There's socioeconomic access to like where, where you can get food, who can afford like, you know, food going out, or if you can go to certain farmer's markets, but only certain ones are open, you know, and then there's these larger issues of, you know, who holds the power in what kind of information we're learning about you know, the coronavirus and, you know, what are these larger movements of corporate, you know, this idea of ID 2020 all of a sudden popping up. And it's just like, how do we even look at that when we're, we're trying to like, just keep well and keep alive. And, you know, so there, there's this, you know, just kind of overwhelming feeling of so many issues coming into this same, it's, they're accessing this one, you know, COVID-19, so many things are coming out and, mm -hmm. um, you know, so your quote, that I thought was just, you know, grounding and also empowering and also freeing. And I want to share this if it's okay with, sure. with you. Um, so you said that the disruption in the system affords Kanaka Maoli, you know, in, in I think reflecting on your own self and what you're looking at, it affords, you know, us and you the opportunity to intervene on behalf of Alohaina paradigms and to think heavily about what going back to normal means and how to avoid that as much as possible. You know, and that's so different because we're all like, we need to get back to get back to work, get back to what was. And it's like, well, when we're recognizing so many of these things, you know, spinning out of, you know, this virus, it's like, do we really want to return to that normal? And, you know, like, like always, it's this, you know, conversation with you about, whoa, that's, that's a whole nother level of you know, not falling back into what was. And now this is kind of a point to um, access power and, you know, really educate ourselves. So, um, I, you know, I, that's the 
the quote that I want to share. And I don't know if you want to go and kind of flow from here, from, you know, you're practicing, you know, your forms of agency, you know, operating within yourself and how you can, you know, just give us some of your story. Sure. That process. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely agree that this whole thing has just been so disorienting, you know, for, for so many of us. And, and I think just starting with that is, you know, acknowledging how terrifying this has been on a personal level. You know, I'm, I'm fortunate to remain employed during this time and to be able to work from home, but that's not the reality for a lot of people. Um, so some people are, are now wondering how they're going to pay rent or get food on the table or, you know, pay their mortgage. Um, and that's a big question mark right now. Um, and I would say everybody, almost everybody, it, no matter what your kind of socioeconomic status is, is wondering, you know, am I going to get sick? Are my parents going to get sick? It, are my tutus going to get sick? And there's just this like yeah. mass anxiety that, you know, that everybody is having to um, work through right now and deal with on top of the sort of daily life disruptions, you know, so whether it's your kids are now home and you're supposed to be working from home and that's my, that's my reality right now. And, and while it is, you know, to a degree, a privileged reality, um, there is no way that the quote unquote, like productivity expectations of a month ago are a reality right now because I have to care for my daughter. Um, you know, and her dad is a paramedic. So our agreement is that she's only with me until this passes. Um, right. You know, and she's, she's in school, but she's only in school for once a day for one hour a day. And so, yeah. you know, what, what am I going to do the rest of that time? I can't just totally right. ignore her, you know? So, so in a sense, that's like, um, kind of the stress, um, that exists in my, in my very personal life right now, but at the same time, and I guess this is kind of like what I'm getting at, like, um, we, the whole world can't go to work except for the, you know, the essential, the essential workers. And, and in a sense, like the way that the system has been totally shut down right now is, what many of us have always hoped for because the thing that demands productivity even at the academy right the thing that demands you know these like huge mortgage payments from everybody the thing that demands you know basically that like money and productivity is is our obsession is capitalism and and capitalism is the thing that has sort of come to a screeching halt through the coronavirus but now we're gonna see everybody taking off the gloves to battle it out for the future yeah um yeah, yeah so i don't know if you want to interject there or if you want me to just kind of keep going but no i mean you're right that's the reality and to to acknowledge that is kind of what we've all called for, right? Whatever lens you look, Babylon fog, mm -hmm. you know, or just, you know, culturally chanting that right. you know, this flipping of the system will here. Like how many times have we chanted yeah. this together? And it's like, oh, it's here, we're in it. And then, you know, we find ourselves 
you know, it's, it's like, how do we strengthen ourselves, fortify ourselves, you know, with the, the spiritual side to connect to, you know, whatever source you want to connect to, to figure out what are we supposed to do with this mm -hmm. time now to come out of it. Yeah. Right. And not give our power back to something that's clap finally collapsing and, and for whatever reason, whether it's virus or, you know, however this came about, it's, this is how it's turned out. Yeah. You know, no, I, I, yep. Yeah. And I think yeah. it's cool to look at the ways that the community has been mobilizing, you know, so, um, yeah. you know, like for my, for my work at, at, in Alu, the graduate unionization, you know, like movement at UH Manoa, um, it's, it's for one brought to light the disparities, you know, that graduate workers and it's really brought to light the disparities for undergraduate workers, um, in terms of just basic stuff that everybody needs to have in an employed employment situation like sick leave. So like graduate students don't get sick leave and graduate students do a lot of work, um, they they do a lot of essential work like teaching you know they're not just answering phones not that that's any less valuable but it's not something that can just be picked up by another person either they're teaching they're researching and things like that and they're not accumulating any sick leave so um this has really brought to light how cruel that aspect of capitalism is um where any you know, worker in our society can work without accumulating sick leave and then have to either face going to work sick, you know, or choose between going to work sick or, um, you know, not working without any pay and, and like not being able to pay rent. And that's a horrible choice to have to make. But that is the choice that many companies, um, you know, leave their employees with. It's the choice that the university leave, University of Hawaii leaves for many of its employees. And socially, it's a choice that prior to this moment was kind of like accepted as an option. But I think in this moment now, it's super, super clear that that is inhumane, you know? So that, so, so just the clarity um, around some of these issues that seemed normal or perhaps okay, you know, a month and a half, two months ago is one thing that gives us an opportunity to kind of mobilize and organize around. Um, and then the other side of that is that like um, Academic Labor United was the first entity um, in the entire UH system to start a student relief fund. And, and I mean, I don't, I, I mean, it, I suspect even that UH you know, did created a UH a student relief fund because it looked bad, you know, that the that the graduate student union that they are fighting against, like, you know, took action much quicker than they did. And they they it took them like a month and we just fired one up right away. And yeah. the stories that came out um from students who were applying were totally heartbreaking. I mean, so many lost their jobs, some are moms you know, single moms taking care of babies yeah. who have, yeah. who have health issues already, who, you know, can't take yeah. their baby on the bus like they normally do to go get their groceries because the bus is like, you know, yeah. scary place right now for those kinds of babies. And, you know, just, just all kinds of stories and, and students just really stressed out and, you know, and, and it's not even just about the student, but 
it's seeing these stories where the students are part of a larger family unit, right? So it's that their mom and dad lost their jobs and how are they supposed to, you know, um, help out with that situation when they lost their jobs too? Or how are they supposed to focus on their grades and things like that when their families are going through so much? So just the reality of people's lives coming to light through this has been, um, I think, a real positive thing because this was the reality prior to this. But now it's all just like in everybody's face, right? So so people, it, it's much easier to see for for the collective that we need to find a different future, which for many of us was already so clear, if for no other reason, such as hundreds of years of oppression against Native people or Black folks or whatever, like climate change, right? So climate change, like it's it's very clear to some people that like we, that this capitalist machine has has damaged the earth almost to the point of no return, and we're in for it if we don't reverse it quickly. So um, so if if that already didn't have people on board for a vision for a different future, you know, I COVID nineteen has definitely increased, you know, the clarity on that. No, it's so true. I mean, what, you know, that idea of time equals money. And I get it because, you know, whether you're self-employed or like that's that's what you're, is pounded into you, right? And then time equals money equals how much, how much you're worth is how much, you know, you've accumulated, whether it's money or time or research or whatever. And that in turn affords you your, your rights to healthcare, your rights to a job yeah. in crisis. Yeah. Yep, yeah. I agree. So, um, you know, I think that like I, I've been hearing, I've been forwarded different emails and gotten some insight that, you know, with this stimulus package that, um, you know, certain people are are lining up to make pitches for some of the money, the federal money that's coming out um, for, I don't know if you've heard this term, but it's been floating around the news and stuff for what they call shovel ready projects. So in other words, yeah. So, so no. that's been in, you know, like in yeah. the local news and it's, it's floating around as the, the sort of like, um, the construction plan that they're trying to pull together and get funding for to basically like get things moving again, economically. Right. But you know, um, there's folks at UH that are soliciting Mana'al um, to be able to make that pitch to the feds for shovel-ready research projects such as telescopes. Um, so we see how, like, you know, like TMT or Mauna Kea desecrating projects are just, like, lining up to take advantage of the situation. Um, we saw how Kurt Caldwell so cruelly and coldly yep. took advantage of the situation to go go yes. try and restart the the park at Sherwoods. So so that's what that side is doing right now and so you know capitalism is is in total conflict with Alohaina but we know that Alohaina um you know based off of our kinship relationship to the land and a whole system of sustainability that that flows from that um is is what we need to push harder for now than ever 
Yes. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. I agree. And that right now that look back, like there's so many ways that that can take shape. And, you know, for me, I don't know, just like personally trying to find more information and we, you know, just based on how we approach health and, um, you know, the, the ways that we kind of look at, you know, for me and my family, looking at the different kind of lenses and whatever you want to, you know, call it capitalism, that, that lens, but that, you know, comes down into the medical industry too, right? And the, the education industry. Mm-hmm. And it's such a crazy time to think about how these organizations are trying to organize themselves, right? And I don't know, I can't even, for me, I can't even really take like a, like a political party stance at this point. Cause I feel like it's come down to such a, a basic level of like life or death for a lot of people, right. Losing your house or not for, you know, and it's just like this. So this so interesting thing of trying to figure out what does truth look like and where do our, how do our, our foundations of who we answer to or what we answer to like that has to drive it. And if we're answering to money or industry, then those things don't have a place at this table of what this new reorganized world is going to look like, right? If you're not pulling from source, if you're not looking at earth, if you're not looking at climate change for our kids, if you're not looking at the spirit of people and the essence to exist as the first way to address this, then it's, you know, then, yeah, how do we, how do we make this conversation? You know, how do we start it when there's still such a, um, like miscommunication because it's blatantly communicated, mm-hmm. but this is misalignment of what foundation are we working? Yeah, from, yeah, know, and and build. I mean, it's it is it's even talking about this is so overwhelming because you're like, oh my gosh, you know, like I'm I'm being told that there's this big opportunity and this opening and we got to charge them, but like at the same time, like we're not allowed to leave our houses and what do I do? Mm-hmm. So I mean, um, yes. you know, I I think that there are people that that yeah. deal with you know kind of the broader sort of economic modeling that are that are looking at alternatives right to the status quo um but it's also important that you know people like hotel workers are included in that because those you know i i live in just sort of like a working class walk up in makiki and there's a retired filipino kupuna couple that lives in my building and they they're you know retired hotel workers and then there's one that lives down the hall yeah. from me and she's a current hotel worker. And I mean, these people are, are just as yeah. sort of, you know, pushed out to the margins by the system as any of us are. Right. So how do we make like a, how do we show that we can do this better? We can make a more humane system. So there's those big kind of like social economic models modeling that needs to happen, but there's also, I, I think, similar to Mauna Kea, this issue is mm-hmm. pushing people to want to recommit to just learning cultural practices and, and you know, incorporating La'al yeah. and, you know, principles of Ola into their life, um, you know, growing food. I mean, basically looking at you and your family <laughs> and, and like... Being more like that, Hanalei's <laughs> not you know that charge and um yeah and true. and looking to folks like like you and Hanalei as you know 
leaders in this moment, even like how, you know, like, wow, Hanale, look at him. He's deliver you know, making his weekly deliveries and he's really he's really able to respond to the call right now in a way that we know makes us most proud, that shines what Aloha Aina and Ike Kupuna have to offer. You know, when we can't count on Costco, we can still count on Hanale and Megan. You know, so what does that say? <laughs> well, well, I well, well, I mean, I feel like it's, like you said, it's a community thing and we're all relying and drawing strength from each other because, you know, like if you look at it from the outside, technically, you know, we're yeah. unemployed, right? I mean, farming is a essential activity, right? And so he is allowed to go and go to work and do these things. But his market, being a smaller market and operating out of a school system was closed versus other markets, you know, he could go join another one. But, it, you know, what kind of community do certain communities just not have access to those kind of farmers markets anymore? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, versus other, you know, larger scale markets that are open, you know. So, I mean, Hawaii People's Fund is, um, you know, his cooperative that sprung out of the farmers market um, is working to, you know, Hawaii People's Fund is helping to how do you mobilize these people who are, you know, really trying to run from the farm to the ground without, you know, one person mm -hmm. is one person to feed however many people we have right now, but it's like, how do we support them? Yeah. How do we scale it up right now? And then, you know, really, or, or gradually, but yeah, still, yeah, how do we how scale do we, it up? Yeah. And then, you know, it goes back to land use. It goes back to what drives and, you know, looking at, we brought up, you know, I brought up hotel workers and, you know, looking at Waikiki, mm -hmm. like that was all taro farmland, you know, way back when, like that we learned that in school, you know, and it's like, how does, how does that all come into play? Like, you know, do we call for Oahu to just like, look, we can't feed ourselves. Do we take, try to, try to make that move to like, how do we gain back this land to feed the people? And then at the same time, the people who we are in solidarity with, who are on the margins of being able to, you know, function in a capitalist society, mm -hmm. then they're out of a job, right? So it's like, how do we all, you know, look at these things? And it's the more we, like you said, the more we talk, the more it's like, whoa, okay. And that's something else to add on to this, this kind of collective web of, you know, how do we all approach this and come out of it empowered and, you know, in a, at a better place to move the yeah, world. Yeah. And I mean, place. you know, I think about this a lot too, like, I'm not, Sure. What what this whole COVID nineteen thing might be is just um the the catalyst for the capitalists to make things even worse for us. Mm -hmm. And in like maybe it still has to get worse before it gets better, right? And that's part of its collapse. Like when you look at the depression, the Great Depression, right? I mean, things had to get really bad, you know, um, before they before the people really organized to a point to make cataclysmic positive changes, um, which had their limitations too. Like when you talk about the the new deal and stuff like that, but it was still cataclysmic. It was huge in terms of like socioeconomics. So I'm not saying that we want to just like replicate that part of history, but you know, there's, yeah. there's patterns to look at and, 
if things are going to get worse economically before they get better, the more that we can, the more that we can start putting the pieces together. And by pieces, I mean the work that we all already do. So farming, land restoration, fish pond restoration, um, education, you know, all of these sort of facets of, of society. Um, and we can package it as the, the vision, the Aloha vision for Hawaii's future, you know, and, and so this is, you know, struggle doesn't, there's no end point to struggle, right? So the, you know, the, the end game for COVID-19 is not who's going to win and who's going to lose the capitalists or, you know, the people it's what can, how are, how is this going to change conditions um, to open up new opportunities for Aloha Aina and how are we preparing to seize those opportunities as they emerge in front of our faces, you know? So for me, that's a little bit less um, yes. pressure, you know, to know that like if this, this, this moment right. feels right. so crazy and historic and it is, but it may, it's probably not the make or break moment. It's, it's going to be one of the pegs, um, you know, that leads us to some kind of tipping point, but it may not be the tipping point itself. Right. Yes. Yep. And yeah, like you said, who knows how it's going to look, you know, we're getting to that, that point where stimulus checks are coming out and then, you know, it might give us a little bit of calm because we can pay the rent and then how do you know, it's, it's never going to really end as we continue yeah. to build. Yeah, and then visualize and no, no. There's even some talk I about. Um, it's almost like a like a a Ford of next year's tax return, and then some ideas of people saying, "Well, money is turning into um, this idea of we will we as the working class will then be indebted to you know this like with loans or whatever, right?" and I don't know how the forgiveness. Yeah, I mean, if, if they can get out. away with it, they'll you know, they'll hoping. just rent us into the ground right. as much as they can. So, but like that's kind of what I mean by it might get worse before it gets better. There there will be a tipping point, right? There's only right. so then, much yeah, right. that the masses can take. Mm -hmm. And for some of us, we're we're always like, ah, how come we're not already there yet? Because it looks really bad from where I'm standing. But um, it is what it is, you know. So. No, I agree. And that when you said that, like, be, you know, get started from that socioeconomic place of what does it look like, you know, step by step. And, you know, not to say this is the linear path, because I feel like then then we just train ourselves to follow whatever linear path we're given. But just to really, you know, realize that, you know, just to, to stay aware, stay connected and stay aligned with that larger vision of Aloha and the kind of food systems we're trying to recreate and the kinds of, you know, power we're trying to draw from as a, as a way to, you know, decenter the power that's um, been built up. Yeah, and for really sure. And I'm really that. glad that you, you know, you have this podcast because um, I'm appreciating some of the op-eds and stuff that I'm reading about the need to change our food system and stuff, but they're coming, they're coming from holidays. And I don't say that as a pejorative. I say that as 
there's not enough voice, Hawaiian voices who, who carry that deep ancestral Ike from this place and who are involved in the work day in and day out um, that, can, that can share what that looks like to the public in this moment when the public is um, you know, paying so much attention um, to these questions. So um, thank you, Megan, for creating Kanaka Media. <laughs> and that's something that we need. We're in desperate need of and, and you've, you know, created a platform for that. So that's awesome. That's part of the education. Mahalo. Mahalo for that. I feel like it was just kind of, you know, I, I just kind of put the pule out there and put the collar. What does healing look like? What are we supposed to be doing? And this kind of came out and, you know, I've been back, looking back at it. We talked when we went on conferences before you're looking at zines and, you know, kind of all these ways that our, our um, voices yeah. can kind of Get share there, yeah. and be heard, you know, but, you know, it's more of an inspiration thing in my hope is that we can, like you said, continue to connect and, you know, give voice to the kinds of narratives that reach deep within us and allow us to move forward together, you know, and like you said, not to names don't mean anything, but to bring all the narratives to the place of informing what kind of decisions yeah. we have to make. So hoping, hoping that this is healing yeah. for us all. I mean, it's healing for me too, trying to figure out what yeah. to do in these times. So mahalo for your time. Mahalo for, um, mahalo to Kahele for giving us some, some time. Um, yeah, for sure. And all of the ways that you, yeah, really appreciate that. So okay. Um, I just wanted to give like and, a closing, um, but not all, because I feel like uh, I feel like I just yes, gave a whole please, big story please. that nobody knows what to do with. But you know, I would I would say that one one thing that we can please, do if, now yeah. is you know, however your life has changed in a positive way for this. So, for example, myself, I'm forced to because it's the moral thing to do. Check on the kupuna in my apartment in my walk up, right? And there's only a few of them, but like I'm checking in on them. I made a list, like these are the kupuna that I'm going to commit to in this period. Okay. That wasn't something I was doing before this. So for me, that's something I'm going to continue to do after this, you know, because that is, that's who we are as Kanaka too. And my grandparents have all passed away and Kahele's grandparents live off of this island and there's still kupuna around me, though, who need care. And so that's like one mahalo in all of this is like, hey, I've, I've taken on a different kind of malama to somebody and I'm, and I'm going to keep that going. So that's one thing to think about, you know, like what how has your life changed in a positive way amidst the stress and the chaos and all that? Um, but the other the other mana'o I just want to put out there, too, is like it is super stressful and chaotic right now. So if all you're doing is whatever it is you do to cope with stress and chaos at this moment, like that's cool too. like forgive yourself. We have to be super forgiving of each other, super forgiving of ourselves. That's the kind of love that I think is most needed right now. Right. Don't expect your coworkers and your, you know, your employees to be the, the thing doing the things that they were doing a month and a half ago don't expect you know don't don't be looking at other Hawaiians like how come you're not growing this or that now like this is what we should all be doing right now like some people are just trying to get by emotionally spiritually and especially financially so 
you know, we're, we'll do our best. <laughs> that's a huge. Yep. I mean, that's, you know, we, you know, people, we joke about, oh, self-care. Oh, you can only be as good as, but really like if your sanity is shaken, then you're no good to becoming functional and you're no good to helping to maintain like a secure, stable, emotional, physical household, you know, whatever that looks like for your kids, for your family. You know, how do you take care of Kukuna if you go to them with your problems? And they are so willing to help us with our problems. But in that idea of, you know, that basic, like, I'm okay right now. We're okay. You know, and whatever, like you said, that looks yeah, like. Just, just find your pule, whatever that is. And like, you know, hang on to that to get you through this. And, and just, I mean, I think keeping in mind that the some of the stresses that we're feeling are do come from the way that we've been socialized in like a hyper productive capitalist society too you know so so try and sit try and sit yes. in and enjoy the non productivity um part of this whole disorientation find your pule to get you through that and if you are finding any kind of silver linings in this you know latch on to that right now And don't let that go because it could be something right, that we're exactly. supposed to be learning, right? It's the longer of, term, yeah. the longer term like change, said, you know, that's a little bit more on the, yeah, on the I personal, this is something I can manage level. I'm not going to be responsible for, you know, the hulihia of the Hawaiian national food system right now, but I am going to check in with my kupuna after this. Right. Yep. 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 And that's huge. I mean, that's intergenerational. That spans like lifetimes you know and we have to really just give credit and give um not in the sense of like oh it's due to me it's, you know but give voice and understanding to everyone has their their role and their kulian and this and it looks different and once we you know can just forgive ourselves for whatever we're going through like you said and just really connect to whatever kule we need to figure out what that looks like you know in whatever yeah. moment i agree yeah yeah and no, don't, I mean, you know, I think that this podcast is really about sharing story too and the interconnections and how, um, you know, we don't have it all together individually. We have it, you know, we, we have it together collectively by sharing these things and to share the things that we go through personally, I feel like gives understanding to who might be listening, you know? So it's, yeah, it's disorienting, but then it's more of like a, acknowledgement of I I it, it is for me too and in that mm -hmm. sense we're in it together and how mm -hmm. do we move forward together so I just wanted to echo that like it, I don't feel like it was disempowering at all I think it's really humanizing to um, come down to that same level of like you know the struggle and how what yeah, that looks like right on. So good. I appreciate that Thanks. yeah <laughs> yeah no no and you know, I think that to realize that and it, it is empowering. So mahalo. mahalo yeah, thank time. you. Yeah. And, you know, and um, I know that you're on social media and I know with um, the Mauna Kea, the, you know, it's, you know, it's there and you folks have your website up. Um, I don't know if you want to give um, folks some information on how to connect to that because we listen to all of the Oli and that have been placed online that I feel like are super grounding and, and super um, connecting. I don't sure. know if that's something you want to yeah, share to folks. Like, um, the, so Puuhuluhulu, the Puuhuluhulu social media platform has kind of been, you know, a little bit in the nap 
phase right now as things on the mountain have died down a little bit, but we are definitely using it to platform the um, cancel rim pack work that people like Tina Grandinetti and Kyle Kajahiro um, and others are doing great organizing around. Um, so there's that. And then I think in the coming months, um, some of this downtime and, and through the, the dedication and commitment of Kanayo Kana, um, some of the, the Pu'uhuluhulu University classes that were filmed but never put out, um, that's going to be kind of a project that's happening. So hopefully in the coming months, um, more folks, especially those who are on the Mauna that never get a ch got a chance to, to attend any of the classes because they were too busy working, um, that'll be some new awesome education opportunities that, that will be put up um, on different sites, but also including uh yeah. So, yeah, Paolo, thank so much you. for your work. This I so appreciate your time and everything, and um, all my love to your family and just um, well, yeah, family right Yeah, so, love you Paolo. guys. Give give my give my aloha to the whole family over there as well. Mahalo nui for tuning in to the Kui Aloha podcast. Mahalo Nui Deja for the beautiful artwork that serves as this week's podcast cover. It was so beautiful and so uh, deep and straightforward and also through the veil to connect with our kupuna, with our ancestral knowledge, with that olala noeau, the way that you brought it beautifully. I so appreciate how you allowed that information to continue to guide and transform us. Mahalo Nui to Kiri and Chelsea for your patronage on the Patreon platform. I so appreciate it. It's so nice to connect and hear from you in that space of community education and healing. I so appreciate your aloha and your, your strength and your connection there. Um, if anybody listening wants to know more information about that path, how to connect more, how to engage, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash kuikeloha. And if anybody listening to has any ideas that they want to share, anything that they want to hear more about or any ideas that they're they're working through, you can feel free to connect with me on social media, Kuikeloha on Facebook and Instagram. And you can also email me at wewe at kuikeloha.com. And I think that's, you know, that's the best way that we can just continue to connect and work together and figure this path out as it unfolds, stay connected, stay grounded. All right. Take good care. Mahalo nui for your breath and for how we're just really finding that breath to learn ways to forgive, to come in and go out and make space and let go. It's really... A daily practice and I mahalo you for your work and your aloha in those realms. All right, I love you and thank you. Kui kelohan. <laughs>